season. So let's pray that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are the God of glory and the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask according to your word that you would impart to us this morning the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation that we would know you through our deepening, deepening intimacy with Christ. Mm -hmm. And we pray that the light of God would illuminate the eyes of all of our partners and all of our friends and all of our children, yes. flooding us with light, flooding our imagination until we experience the full revelation of the Praise hope God. of this calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. And Father, we pray that the people of God, that our partners, that our friends, that our children will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then our lives will be an advertisement of this immersed power as it works through us. This is the mighty power yes. that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Yes. And now Christ is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. Christ is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he alone, Christ alone, is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, we are his body on the earth and he is filling us to the fullness. So I want everybody to put in the comments. If you believe this in Jesus name, say amen. amen. And I want you to say Fill me with the fullness. Fill me with Fill fullness. me with the fullness. You know what I love about this? This means we don't have to have just a dribbling of the Holy Spirit or a dribbling of wisdom or just drops and stuff. We can be filled with the fullness. And so our prayer for you guys, our partners, our ministry friends, our children, is that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Mm. Why? Because when you're filled with the fullness of God, let me tell you what this is going to mean. That means that they're going to be supernatural strategies and you're not going to miss them. Mm -hmm. You're going to grab them and you're going to do them. You're going to follow the instructions. You're going to walk with God and your life is going to become an advertisement of his power. Listen, last confession and then I'll turn it over to Pastor Elwin. Say, make me an advertisement of God's power. Make, make me, me an advertisement of God's power. Hallelujah. Flood me with light and revelation. Flood me with light and revelation. And that's that's so good. I would that your eyes would be flooded with, with light. light. You know, and that light is the revelation of God. And that's kind of what we've been um, really trying to, to hone in on during this season is how do we get our partners? How do we get our friends? How do we get our family and our, our virtual partners and our local partners and, and friends of the ministry? How do we get them to, to understand? And I like what you said that a lot of people are like, well, why are they talking about this? Because things are going pretty good. Well, think that's why we're talking about it, because you want to talk about what you need to do in bad times when times are good, yes. the hardest thing to do is to be in a faith fight when you're trying to develop your faith in the fight. No, that's so good because we teach people this all the time. The reason you ought to take the word for medicine for healing when you aren't sick right. is then that you don't have to. It, it's very difficult to get into a position of faith when you're already gripped. By and, and I just have to say this. We've seen we've seen people in, in the 20 years we've been in ministry. We have seen so many people 
come, and I won't say come to us, but they come to the ministry, they come to the Lord, and, and they're broken uh, emotionally, um, uh, mentally, sometimes physically, spiritually, financially, vocationally, they're, they're just broken. And they come to God and God literally, literally mm -hmm. just builds them up. And he builds them up in every single one of those areas. And then when they get healed or they get enough money or they're, they're not they're not struggling in their mind they anymore, get married. they get a better job, they get married. They didn't put God to the side. They put him on the back burner. You know, I don't have to I don't have time to read my word anymore. I don't have time to meditate anymore. I don't have time to do my devotional. I don't I don't, I don't have time for God. I'm so busy with all the stuff he's blessed me with. Ooh, I don't have time for him anymore. And then calamity comes or, or you get a bad report or, or you lose your job or you get divorced or, or you, your mind start playing tricks on you like, 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 like you ghetto boys or whatever the case may be. And, and then what happens is now you want to run back to God. And the thing is, God is so gracious. He receives us back every time. But what does that do to you emotionally? What does that do to you spiritually having to always live your life on this roller coaster? And what we're trying to 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 impart to people is that there is a way to live that you can stay connected to what's working. You can stay. I love what Kim said. She said, if you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. right. Yeah. If, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And I, and I don't even think people realize this, that w the way it grieves us, not just us, Pastor Ralph, Pastor Chris, um, Chandra, Minister Chandra, Nitra, it grieves us to watch people have their lives totally changed yep. and then put God on the back burner. Listen, you shouldn't have to be suicidal to give God your right, attention. Right. You shouldn't have to be down to your last dollar for food and having to get ramen noodles to give God your attention. Your marriage shouldn't be y'all cussing each other out for you to have to give God your attention. The truth of it is, is that many of us have come to God in a bad situation and he has been better than good to us. Better than good. He has helped us in spite of all the things we didn't know. Yeah. He has helped us even though, because as you get older in the kingdom, God expects you to know more yes. principles and yes. processes. But many of us, you came to God, you didn't know a lot of the principles. You did the one thing God asked you to do and he began to turn your life around. Why would you be a person? And it's so funny, babe, in the natural, we get so aggravated with people. When we feel like we help somebody yeah. and then they turn their back on us and act like they got too good for us. Don't be a person who, listen, <laughs> don't be a person who has to be in trouble to recognize how good God yeah. is. Yeah. Don't be a person that your marriage got to be raggedy. You got to be broke. You got to get a bad doctor's report because as Kim said, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. If you make God your priority, I was telling somebody this the other day, and this is just the way that we live. As much as we love each other, we even say it when we're walking because we just talk about it. You are not more important to me than God. No. My kids are not more important to me than God. My business is not more important to me than God. This ministry is, is not, not more, more important, important to, to me, me than, than my personal relationship with God. Because at the end of the day, anything good in our lives, and we yeah. say it all the time, anything good that we have in our lives, it is because of God. That's right. It is because of God. So I can lose the stuff. Yep. I can lose the help. I can lose whatever. But if I stick with God, yep. it can't stay gone. Nope. And I want to encourage you guys to grow up. 
to grow up and become a people that are that you that you with God no matter what. I want people to put this in the comments. Jesus over everything. Mm -hmm. Jesus over everything. Because if you begin to establish that Jesus is over everything, mm -hmm. then what begins to happen for you is that you're not wishy-washy. It don't matter. You like the Apostle Paul, whether you got it, whether you don't, you still rock with God. It's so important. So let's jump into our teaching for today. We're talking about understanding uh, kingdom prosperity through the eyes of God's covenant. And this is our fourth lesson and maybe our final lesson on this particular topic. Um, we may come back and visit it at some other time, but uh, I think it'll be our last uh, teaching on this particular topic uh, for, for right now. Uh, and for those of you who've been with us, uh, you know that over the last three weeks, uh, including the last two Wednesdays, uh, we shared a lot of information about this. Yes. Um, and the Lord had me this week to go back, and I hope you're still doing it. Uh, the Lord gave us a word in November of 2020. In November of 2020, uh, the Lord gave us uh, this word that I feel like he gave it to us to anchor us. Yes. And I believe he gave it to anchor us through um, through all of, of, of 2021, um, you know, and I believe even going into 2022, right? Uh, so as we were getting ready to go into this new year, uh, this is the word that, that the Lord gave us. And I want to share some of it, not the whole thing, uh, but I've, I've edited it so I can share pieces of it. Because now when I go back and read the prophecy, it seems different. It seems different yeah. because there are pieces of it that I, that I focused on in November. There are pieces that I focused on uh, in January. Um, there, are, there are other pieces that I, that I, that I focused on. Um, and I keep saying 2020. He actually gave that in, in was that 2020? The end of 2020. The end of 2020. That's right, in the end of 2020. And so uh, it was, when, I, when I first began to read it, there were pieces that I focused on. Uh, and then as he began to talk about, hey, I need to prepare you for this. And really since since, since Memorial Day, I went, I've read it almost every day. I, I, a couple of days I skipped, but almost every day I went back and read it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as a result of it, even on the plane ride, uh, out here um, yesterday, I was like, man, there's a piece of this. There's a word in here that I totally, totally skipped over that now he's bringing back to us. So I just want to share some of that before we get into the teaching this morning. So it, it starts with our with our script, our scriptural reference that he gave us first Corinthians. And I believe it's first Corinthians uh, 15 and 58. Let's just walk through this. Here's what is first Corinthians 15 and 58 says. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters. With all we have going for us, and I praise God, he thinks we got a lot going for us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he says, be ye what? Steadfast, be unmovable, secure, and firmly planted. Planted where? He says, in the word of God. Live your lives, how? With an unshakable confidence, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, y'all don't miss this. He says, we know that we prosper and excel in what? Every season. Now, here's why that's important, because in this word he gave us, he says, listen, I'm preparing you ahead of time. I need you to live your life with unshakable faith. He says, and I know I need you to, to, to not be moved. He says, and I need you to know that no matter what's going around you, you are going to prosper in every season. Somebody ought to go ahead and type that in the comment section right now. Say, I prosper in every season. I prosper in every season. He says, we know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord. Because we are assured that our union, praise God, our partnership with the Lord makes our labor, I love this, productive 
and not a waste of time or effort. Now, that was the scripture he gave us to anchor us, right? He said he, he gave us this scripture, which is a, a powerful scripture. It, it, it's, it's, it's so rich in what it says to us. It says, hey, look, no matter what's going to come down the road, you're going to prosper and excel in every season. How are you going to prosper and excel in every season? Because you're going to live your life with unshakable confidence, right? Confidence. Un unshakable. But how do you live a life with unshakable confidence when you don't know everything? Because you put your confidence in somebody who does. Yes. You put your confidence in somebody who can tell you six months, a year, two years, five years down the road what's going to come. That's why we put our confidence in God. Amen. And then he begins to say this at the end of that prophecy. He tells, he says, hold on to the words which I have given you. Words that you have used to guide you through this year. It says, stand firm, be prepared to receive all that I reveal to you in the days and months ahead. Now, you got to remember, he's saying this in November 2020. He then goes on to say this. It says, for I, the Lord your God, have been with you, and it is I that have brought you to where you are today. Praise God. He says, in the days and months ahead, he says, I need you to know that no matter what you see with your natural eyes, praise God. That was even all the numbers of COVID that went crazy and everything else, right? And as numbers got, got up and people were losing their jobs and everything else and everything was, was closing down and people were wondering how long it was going to last. He says, don't get caught up into this by looking at what you see with your natural eyes. But now he's saying the same thing. Don't get caught up into this by looking at things with your natural eyes. He says, no matter how, how bad things may appear, know this, heaven already saw it coming, and I am your solution. I am your solution. Somebody go ahead and type in the comment section and say, God is my solution. God is my solution. And since God is your solution, he says, don't worry and don't fear. Know with surety I have already seen you through. Praise God. I have already seen you through. He says, your alignment and agreement with me and my words were designed for the seasons you are about to face. He says, your alignment and your agreement, those are the things that's going to advance you during this season. He says, so right now, put aside your struggle, put aside your worries, put aside your concerns. He says, I am your God according to covenant. That was the thing I missed when I first read that. When I read that, I looked over that and I didn't think much of it. I just kind of read it. It was a word. I kept going. I was focused. But notice what he says. He says all of this stuff to us. And how does he seal it up? He says, because I am your God according to what? Covenant. And that's what we've been talking about. How powerful the covenant actually is. He says, you can do all of this stuff I'm telling you to do. You can hold on to this word. You can live, live a life of unshakable faith. You can do all of this. Why? Because I am not just, I'm not just a God. I am your God. Your God. According, God. according to the covenant that I swore by myself that I would uphold for you. Well, you know, I've told you since you started using the word covenant, how many places I've seen the mm -hmm. word covenant yep. in scripture that I didn't notice it before. It's like if you get a great car, you get a new great Camry. Every time you're on the road, what do you see? A great Camry. So we start, he, he gave us this word covenant. He put it in our eyes. 
But I, we were focused on different parts of it. But now he brings us back together and says, here is the word I was speaking to you all of those months ago. He says, I need you to hear me. I need you to, to, to align yourself and agree with my word. I need you to live a life of unshakable faith. I need you to know that you prosper and excel in every season. And here's why you do it. Because I am your God and I am your God according to covenant. He says, and I say these things so that you will know that I will not have you to be without what I have promised you. So in other words, even when it looks like I'm coming up short, he says, you're not going to come up short. We got to come to the agreement. Even when it looks like the doctor's report says that the sickness is wrecking your body, don't, don't worry. We've got to come to the agreement. Even when they're laying people off, he says, you don't have to worry about the next job. I got a job entrusted to you in the covenant for you. Everything you need is contained in the covenant. If you don't forget that I am your God and I'm your God according to covenant. You know what I love? And I think that this is, I think is I just love how God works. Mm -hmm. I love how God works. Covenant is a big deal to God. It is. And because we live in a democracy, we don't fully understand covenant. So it becomes our responsibility to go back and begin to get a cultural understanding of the word covenant. Mm. Covenant is even different. A covenant is actually higher than a contract. Mm -hmm. A it covenant is. is higher than a contract. And you use this scripture, you know, it's one of my favorite scripture. Basically what the Bible tells us in Hebrews four is that God made a promise to us yeah. and then he covenanted with it. He ratified it with yeah. his word and his blood. And so what happens is, is God is saying is that, and this is really important because you know how we, we talk about in, in education, that if you see something on, the, if, if a teacher keeps saying something over and over, over and over and over again, yeah. it's going to be on the test. Mm -hmm. And how many of us have missed something because it didn't illuminate for us and we didn't pay attention to how many times the teacher was saying yeah. it, right? When we understand covenant relationship, and it's interesting because I, I love that you're teaching this. This is so powerful to me. You know, I graduated from law school in 1998. Mm -hmm. I haven't done very much with my law degree since 1998, mm -hmm. right? Except I say that it helps how I teach the word and form arguments and stuff like this. And I told you yesterday morning, the Lord said to me, there are things you learned in law school that are effective to how the kingdom mm -hmm. works. I need you to go back and understand what you know about covenant, what you know about govern government, and what you know about how to enforce judgments. Mm -hmm. I believe he led us into this covenant word because it's going to change the way we pray. I agree. It's going to change what we say because we're going to be there. What I see coming to the body for those who will be prepared is that many times in the past we've gotten breakthrough, but we didn't really know how we got that breakthrough. Mm -hmm. We didn't know which weapon brought that breakthrough to us. Now the God of covenant, he says, all of this stuff I've been teaching you, now I'm going to make you skillful. Mm -hmm. You're going to know how to release a word to get breakthrough. You're going to know when it's appropriate time to fast to get a breakthrough. It's going to change how we live. And our confidence is going to be in that we have with relationship with the God of covenant. Yep. He is a covenant keeping God. You can go ahead and type that in the comments. I, he's a covenant he's, keeping God. He's a covenant keeping God. keeps his covenant. God keeps his God covenant. Keeps 
his covenant. And as a ritual, as, as, as a point of clarification for that, that's why he then finishes off the prophecy by saying to us, so begin to rejoice. Begin to rejoice. Says, now that you understand, now that you get revelation, now that you know I'm your God and I'm your God of covenant, now that you know what this covenant means, now you know how I've ratified this so that if this covenant doesn't stand, I will cease to be God. I don't know. That's a really big deal to me. When someone says, hey, I guarantee this on my entire reputation. The, the, the God of the universe has said that I ratified this, this, this covenant, which is higher than a contract with you. And if, and if I can't make it work, I won't be God anymore. He says, so begin to rejoice. He says, and shout unto me and give me praise and receive by faith. How are we going to receive it? By faith. He said, receive. That means I don't have to wait till it show up. So somebody out there got a bad doctor's report. You don't have to wait to see whether the doctor's report is going to, is going to be as bad as you think. You can receive by faith your healing today. So somebody out there is believing for a job. You've interviewed, you wait on the call to come back. You can believe by, you can go ahead and lay your work clothes out. You can believe by faith that that is your job. You, some of you right now struggling in your marriage, trying to decide whether or not this is going to be the year that you're going to separate or file for divorce, but you know you want to stay married. You know God told you you can stay married. You ought to go ahead and receive by faith your marriage is being healed right now in the name of Jesus, and you're willing to put the work in. Amen. I want to give you guys this practical example that I think will really help you understand this. Um, the reason that we say so much, what did God say? Because we are able to enforce things in the earth based on what God said. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons that we're like, you should know God told you to marry somebody. You should know that's the house God gave you. You should know that because once you have something that's a word from God, then you can use it to execute judgment to get what yes. God said. Yes. When we got to the hotel last night, well, I'm bringing in a group. My mentees are coming. We're work, I'm working with them over a couple of days. When I got to the hotel to check us in, there was a discrepancy on the bill. And so the person who was checking me in, they had not been a part of the previous conversations where I had a word that had been set forth. And so they were saying, no, this is the price. And I was saying, no, I mean, you don't have to get rude to have conversations with people right. like that. I was just like, no, no, no. What I did is I went to my phone and I pulled out the word of the company that I was at the hotel with. You see what I'm saying? And now the guy who was checking me in says, we have to fix this because you got a word right here that says this is what the fee should be. Somebody needs to get a word from God. So when the natural in life tells you that you can't have that, you pull that word out and say, no, no, no. I got a covenant word right here. And now I'm commanding earth to agree with the covenant word. And it was so amazing when he was polite. But when he saw I had that in writing, he began to move expeditiously. Many of you, when you get the word, the reason you're going to get the house this year, is because you don't just want a house no more. You got a word from the Lord. Mm. The reason that the healing is going to manifest is that word. you don't just want to be healed no more. You got a word from the Lord. And what we do is we use the word from the Lord and we force the earth to release what God says. And here's what's so powerful about that very simple testimony, right? The reality of it is, is that you can have a word from God, right? That doesn't mean the enemy's going to leave you alone. Come on. So so, so what happened last night is you had a word about what everything should cost. But then it presented something different. Come on. 
Now, the, now it becomes, okay, do you accept what's been presented or do you go back to the word? Ooh. So what I heard you say was that a whole lot of people got a whole lot of word from God, but what they do is they bow to the word of whatever is coming against them rather than going back and saying, no, 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 I have a covenant agreement that says I am healed. I have a covenant agreement that says I am loved. I have a covenant agreement that says I am I am financially secure. I have a financial I have a covenant agreement that says I, I have everything I need in my family. And instead of accepting the word of the person behind the counter, instead of accepting the word of the enemy, then they just they just sit there and, and say, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Go back to your word. Go back to work. And I think this is important. And because the reality of it is, is that I actually had to push back three times. Yeah. I had to push back three times. Now here's what happens because I need you to understand what God is teaching us. It's late at night. Yeah. I've traveled with my husband. We've got the girls. It, it's it's midnight, right? And it's time to check in. And at the end of the day. And our bodies feel like it's two o'clock in the morning. And our bodies feel like it's two o'clock in the morning. And at the end of the day, the difference in the price wasn't something that I couldn't pay. It wasn't that I couldn't pay it. It was that it wasn't a part of the agreement. So it's not that I can't take the medication every day. It's the fact that God said I'm healed. Come on. It's not the fact that I can't put up with us just being uh, uh, roommates in the marriage. It's that God said I should have a marriage that's flourishing. It's not that I can't manage living paycheck by paycheck. It's that he said wealth and riches shall be in my house. And then we going back and forth. And then the guy says this. He says, can you show it to me in writing? I said, hold on. And I turned and I said to Edwin, I kept every communication. Yeah. Many of you, you've thrown down the communications mm. God has given to you. That's why I, I put, kept, that, that's why my Bible, my Thompson Chain reference, you'll see it says T, T, try and, and true. true. I kept the communications. Many of you in pressure situations, you here's what happened. Some, God gives you a word yeah. and then life goes on as it is, yeah. right? And then you put the word over here somewhere. And then when the enemy shows up to put pressure on you to see if you know what God said, you forgot what the word was. But that's why we opened up. That's why I just opened up my phone and started scrolling through the emails. I started scrolling through. And then I turned around. I said, is this what you're looking for right here? He leaned in and he read it. He said, let's fix this right now. I'm telling you, there are some things in your life. That when you put the communication, that the word will fix, that the word will fix, yeah. the word will fix. and it, it may not fix it just because you say it one yeah. time. Yeah. It may not fix it because you say it two times. But when you refuse to back up off of the communication, even now I feel the Lord staring many of you with prophetic words that he has given you over your life that you forgot. You forgot because you were managing. You forgot. Even many of you, you live better than you've ever lived before, but this ain't what God showed you. That's not what God told you. He, it, You are not where God said. I want you to just take 13 seconds and I want you to begin to praise God for being a God of covenant and that even though you forgot, right now he's reminding you that he didn't forget and it is your season to receive Amen. because our God is a covenant keeping God. You ought to be sharing this broadcast with everybody. He How many people are sitting God. somewhere thinking that God forgot about the promise? 
God didn't forget. He's still working behind the scenes. He still has things in motion. Literally, here's a testimony. We have a young lady who's a part of our ministry who got divorced from her husband. They split up and got divorced, but God wasn't done with the marriage. How many of you know that you can be done, but God isn't done because of the word that he spoke over you, right? And now they're in the process of reconciling a relationship that she thought was completely over and done with because sometimes we forget, but God never forgets. Tell your name and say, God doesn't forget. God doesn't forget. God doesn't forget. God does and then forget. he brings it back and stares it in our hearts again. And says, don't you forget that I am a covenant-keeping God. Amen. And listen, this reminds me of something, babe, go tease me when we get off. When David and um, when David and Jonathan had made covenant, mm -hmm. and David and Jonathan had made covenant, and then David finds out that Jonathan has an heir. And because they had made covenant, even though Jonathan was dead and gone, David goes and he gets Meshibosheth and he brings him back to the king's table yep. because he says, I have covenant with your father. God has not forgotten the covenant he has with Amen. us through the Lord Jesus Amen. Christ. He has not forgotten. And there are going to be signs and wonders and testimonies. And there are going to be supernatural occurrences for the people who say, I'm back in and I'm fully believing everything Amen. you say. Amen. Amen. Listen, God doesn't forget. Listen, God doesn't forget about his children. One of the things I was thinking about this the other day, you know, we all are familiar with the story. Uh, of the prodigal son, right? We're all familiar, and a lot of times that story is really focused on the fact that uh, one of the young men asked for his inheritance. He went off, he squandered his inheritance, found himself uh, begging for, for shelter and begging for food. It even got so bad that uh, as a Jewish boy, he found himself in a, in a hog slot. I mean, it, it, it's not just that it was hogs, it was the effect of, of how how nasty hogs were to his religion, to yes. who he was. And he found himself there and he said, he, the Bible says that he finally came to himself and says, I know what I'll do. I'll go back to my father's house. And, and, and what happens is he goes back to his father's house. And you know the story. He, he comes out, he greets him and he puts a ring on his finger, a comb on his back and brings him in. But the thing I look at in that story is the elder brother. The elder brother who was in the house the entire time who had access to everything that the father had is now upset and jealous because his younger brother has come back home. What I want us to understand is we don't have to ever be jealous of somebody else's blessing because what God has for us is for us. We in the house today. Everything we need is in. Listen, I can, if 50 people get healed, I'm happy for 50 people. If 50 people get blessed financially, I'm happy for 50 people. If 100 people uh, repair relationships, I'm happy for 100 people. Why? Because inside of God's covenant, there are specific avenues just for us. Just nobody for us. can Amen. have what's for us. Amen. Nobody can have what's been entrusted to us. And so uh, it's, it's, so it's, just, it's just amazing. You know, I, I actually don't even want to get into what we were going to talk about today. Yeah, because I, uh, I we just we, we we won't even do it justice. We won't. I don't want to rush through it. We'll come back and do it again. But this prophecy, I encourage you to go back and read through it. Read it paragraph by paragraph. Make it so personal and see what God is doing in this time. You know, I say this. I, I say this, uh, and I and I really mean this. God is always speaking. Right. Always. I said that I said this years ago that God is always speaking, that it's a lot like a radio station. We're not listening to, to the radio station right now, but it's playing music. Mm -hmm. It is broadcasting. Mm -hmm. But all we have to do to hear it is just tune into the frequency. God is always speaking. 
And God is always speaking to us universally. But what I know about God is that he uses prophets to speak to our moments. He uses prophets to speak to our moments. And these are, I believe, for, for those who are a part of Fellowship of Champions, I believe those who are connected together with us in ministry, yes, yes, yes. this is a moment in time that God is using that we're going to be able to look back on years to come and say, oh, wow, that was the year that God told us this, and this is how it worked out for us. It goes into everything that we've been talking about. We talked about the season of great harvest. We talked about the year of release. We talked about uh, a five to one, uh, a five to one season. We talked about how God is going to give us uh, instructions that seem insignificant that will propel us into the next five to seven to ten years. All of those little bitty things may seem individual, but God has been using all of that to weave us into this process of understanding what his covenant is. And the one thing about God's covenant is that God's covenant works in very specific ways. It works in very specific ways. And so uh, what I would like to do is just come back next week uh, and, and maybe we'll get a chance to do it and just really talk about those because and I've been I've been sharing some of them. You know, we talked about the fact that, you know, we started this off like, why does God bless his people? We said that God blesses his people for three reasons. I hope you know what those three reasons are. I've been saying you should know, saying, you should know, about you should What's know them. One? God wants to establish his covenant in the earth. Yes. God wants to establish his covenant. He made a promise to Abraham. He made a promise to David. And he made a promise to us in this new covenant through Jesus Christ. He wants to establish his covenant. He wants to be a promise-keeping promise God. He says, so here's why I'm going to be good to you, because being good to you helps to establish my covenant in the earth. I, I'm, I'm doing this reading uh, about kings, and it's about it's, it's, it's a book by Miles Monroe, and it's about all of these things about kings. But in one of the chapters, he talks about significantly about why kings thought it so important that their uh, subjects lived well. Because it was a reflection of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same thing with us. It's why you don't want your kids going out just looking any old kind of way. Mm -hmm. Because even though you can say that's just my kid, it's still a reflection of you. And so I'm reading this thing about, about kings and how kings, benevolent kings, uh, gain notoriety, not just because of their wealth for them, but it was about everybody else. You know, and, and to take that to an almost secular level, your favorite rapper, right, Jay-Z, Best rapper alive, baby. <laughs> what is he saying in one of his songs? He basically say, ain't nobody rich if we ain't all rich. Right. Or ain't nobody eating if we ain't all eating. Uh, and, and that's in lyrics. I, I don't know his lyrics, but what, what I get the concept <laughs> of his lyrics. And the concept is if I'm balling out, but everybody around me's not, that ain't living. That is not living. And God is like, if I got cattle on 10,000 here, but you broke, that ain't living. So one of the things I want to do is I want to bless you so I can help establish my covenant in the earth. And then the second thing that he does is he wants to promote his kingdom. Now, when we say promote his kingdom, God ain't just trying to floss. His kingdom is based on the gospel. It's based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? It's the too good to be true good news. He wants to promote this idea that even in your sin, you can come to God He'll rescue you out of your sin and then bless your socks off. Yes. And you don't have to pay for any of it. It's, just, it's been freely given to you. That is the too good to be true good news. He wants to promote that across the globe. And then the third thing he wants to do is he wants to be a blessing to humanity. 
And the great thing about that is he wants to do it through us, which means we get to partner with God. It is an honor it's to, an partner honor, honor to partner with God. Will you write that in the comment section? It's Say an it's an honor, honor to, to partner, partner with God. With God. It is an honor to partner with God. And because we get to partner with God, those when we know that those are his three reasons for blessing us, we're not looking for blessings or prosperity in any area any other way. Why, why, does, why does God care about our marriage? Because he wants to establish his covenant in the earth. He wants to use our marriage to promote his kingdom. He wants to use our marriage to be a blessing to humanity for others. That's we, we say that all the time. In our early years, we had people who used their marriage to show us what real marriage was like. They were a blessing to humanity <laughs> because, because God of what God had done for them. And then on uh, Wednesday night, uh, we, we talked about two of the three things that really helps to connect us to the covenant. And we'll come back next week and talk about the third one. But we talked about the fact that number one, it's got to be consecration. You've got to be a person who's willing to, that word consecrate means to be dedicated and set apart. you got to be willing to dedicate your life. you got to be willing to set apart your life for God. That's why you can't be so consumed with the blessings God gives you that you forget about the one who blessed you. Amen. And then number two, we said you got you got to participate in service. God wants us to be his ambassadors in this earth. He wants us to be representatives of the kingdom. And if you're not willing to serve people, you're not willing to bless the poor. You're not willing to help the needy. You're not willing to pray for the sick. You're not willing to, to, to intercede for other people. You're not willing for anybody to do anything for you unless you can get something out of it. That's not being a part of service. And so he says consecration and service are two of the gateways to uh, to activating this covenant in your life. And then the last one, which we won't talk about today, I'll mention it, but we'll come back because we got a whole lesson on it, uh, is this idea of seed time and harvest. And seed time and harvest is incredibly important to the covenant. And I don't care how bad people have taught it in the past. I don't care how people have used it to try to manipulate somebody. It is a principle of God. And because it's a principle of God, we don't get to throw it away because somebody else misused it. Amen. Amen. And so. Well, it's it's just, listen, so we're not going to get into our lesson. We're going to wrap up. But I, it, it's, there are two things that I want to share because I think that they really relate to what we're talking about. Um, and this is very important if you're going to walk in relationship with a covenant keeping God. Um, I was standing in the bathroom yesterday morning when I was doing my hair and I was, you know, if, if you're not, if, if you love Jesus and you really want to please him because you live a consecrated life, if you're not careful, you can add, you can start to put weight on you that doesn't belong to you. Mm -hmm. So I was praying about something and I, I heard myself saying, I wonder if I've done enough. Right. Mm. And the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, it's not faith if the weight isn't on God. That's right. It's not faith if the weight isn't on God. If you can produce it, it ain't God. Put the weight back on God. And he took me back to something so powerful with Jordan. And I called Chris and we were talking about this. Faith is not about what I have done, my confession, or any of that. Faith is when I become like a kid. And everything I'm doing, I'm doing because of what God said. Mm -hmm. And he took me back to Jordan when we were believing for Jordan to talk, right? Mm -hmm. And he was replaying the tapes in my mind of how many times I would say I was believing for something because God said. God said. Well, how do you know Jordan will talk? God said. Right. How do you know that she's going to be able to do math at this level? 
God said, right? This is why it's so important to get a word from God, mm -hmm. because many times we start saying, did I sow enough? Right. Did I fast enough? Yeah. But even when I'm sowing, I should be releasing my seed. What, Sean, why are you releasing this seed? God, God said. said. Sean, why are you fasting? Because God said. Mm -hmm. Sean, why are you making these confessions? Because God said. I'm only doing any of this because God said. And because I'm looking at God, I'm not expecting this one seed or this one fast or this one confession to produce breakthrough. I am expecting God to produce breakthrough because I'm only doing any of this because God said. And I want us to get back to a very basic thing where whatever we're doing, we just like, well, God said it. Yeah. I, I believe that because God said what it. Did God say? What did God say? I believe it because God said the reason I know I'm not going to sink in this next economic season is because God said it. Mm -hmm. It's not be it, because here's, and this is why this because is so his hard. His word becomes an anchor for me. His word becomes an anchor because even in trying to follow God, I can miss it. Sure. So if I put it just about how well I budget, right. just about how well I invest, just about how well I sow, then what happens is the one time I missed it, the enemy wears me out over that one time that I missed it. But when I begin to say, I'm doing everything I'm doing because God said it. I lay hands on the sick because God said it. I tithe because God said it. I pray because God said it. I expect God to be a covenant keeping God. I take all the weight off me. And even in my obedience, I'm only doing it because God said it. Well, and it's, it's, it's the reason, even though it's talking about salvation, that he says it is not of works, least any man should boast. The reality of it is, is if we had the ability to bring it to pass, we would brag on ourselves. God says, literally, I give you things in your life that are that, that, that the only way to manifest them is to depend on me. So that way you never have to worry about whether you did enough. You don't have to beat yourself up because did you pray enough? Did you fast enough? Did you go to church enough? Did you did you budget enough? Did you work hard enough? Did you believe me? That's the condition. Did I believe God? Because if I believe God, then he takes care of all of that other heavy lifting. Amen. And so I just think that's so important. You know, I want you guys to really think about what are things God has promised you. And if you look at this, go back and look at the prophecy because he's promised us a lot in the prophecy. You can take the prophecy and say, here is a universal word, meaning it belongs to every believer who will yeah. receive. But how does that how does it matter? How does it yeah. um, apply to me, Sean Strickland, specifically, specifically right? right? Specifically. And we've already seen the testimonies over the last couple of weeks. People who have been tremendous blessings yeah. to people, people who have gotten houses. Um, the testimony that you told, I think this would be a great testimony for you to wrap up telling the young lady that you talked about in, in Denver. You told it on a Wednesday night. Oh, the one who went to the bank. Who went to the yeah. bank. Yeah. Tell that testimony because this is all about what God said. Yeah. And basically, uh, and I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but basically what happened was she heard a word about, about getting a house. It was a Sunday. We were teaching. And then at the end of the message, you started talking about uh, that there were people who were going to get houses or whatever. And, and she talked about how she had made the decision that she was going to be a tither again. 
Uh, and her and her, she had talked, she said she had talked to her husband and they had made the decision that they were going to be tithers because you had gave a testimony about what happened with us when we were down in Dallas that year with Judy Jakes and how we had made the decision that, that even if we didn't buy Christmas gifts for our own child, that we were not, we were no longer going to be God robbers. Uh, and that was the word that we used. We were no longer going to be God robbers. And, and since that day, praise God, we ain't missed a tithe. Amen. Uh, and, and, and we decided um, that we were going to do that. And she said that that resonated with her because she said, I was like you guys. I tithed when I had extra money. But when I didn't, I, I didn't. And, it, it, and I never really thought about how I wasn't trusting God. So her and her husband got an agreement. This power and agreement. Right? Power and agreement. So they got an agreement and they decided that they were going to tithe. Um, Long story short, she was she she felt like the Lord had told her to go to these two different banks, uh, and she went to the first bank, and, and like uh, nothing nothing happened. And she asked for the loan officer; he wasn't there. Whatever the case may be, uh, and so she went to the second one. And when she, she went to the second one, uh, the loan officer was there, but he was with someone. Uh, and so she said that they had had her to, to sit down, and she was waiting. And as she was, I don't know, as she was going to the loan officer or the girl, somebody was coming out. She saw someone she had went to college with. Uh, and the person she went to college with, they hadn't seen each other in like maybe like 10 years, 10, 11 years, whatever. And they were just kind of making small talk. And the lady eventually asked her, uh, you know, kind of like, well, well, what are you doing? What are you waiting out for? And she said, oh, me and my husband are, are trying to get a house. We've been turned down a couple of times, but we, we, we're, we're coming here to get a house. And I'm waiting on the, the, the home loan officers, what she said. And the lady was like, kind of like, no way, my husband, is the, is, the, is the loan officer here. He's the VP. He, the, he was, a, he he was, was a, higher he was than the loan officer. He was like the vice president of home lending, whatever they had they, they, they bank. And she was like, really? She was like, come on. I just left his office. I know I want, I, want, I, I want to introduce you to him. So she goes up. She she, she meets the uh, the VP of home lending, whatever. And the wife is like, hey, you need to help her. You know, I don't know how people talk to their spouse. You know how you do me. You're like, you're like, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And he was like, okay, I just need to pull your information, blah, blah, blah. She like, no. She's like, no, no. She said, you, you need to help her get a house. And the way she, the lady, the way the lady wrote it in her email to me uh, was like the lady kind of looked at her husband and then she looked at the man and he looked at, at his wife and was like, and she was like, I need you to do this. You need to help her. And he was like, well, all right, I at least need to get, I don't know if he asked for her uh, social security number or something. And, uh, and, and, uh, and she was like, listen, you need to help her get this house. And she was like, "How? what kind of house are you looking at? Uh, and she told her, anyway, long story short, the woman basically demanded, just like the widow, like, like, the, like the woman did with the judge in Luke, 18. in Luke 18, she demanded that her husband help this lady who she hadn't seen in 10 or 11 years get pre-approved for a house. And that afternoon, he gave them a, a what are the an award letter, I think she called it, uh, for a particular price amount for their house. And so now all they got to do, I think it's 30, I think it's good for 30 days. All they got to do is go find their house and they'll be approved for their house. Well, and, it's, and that happened in the span of a week. It's, it happened in the span of a week, and I think that this is important. And this is why obedience matters, and we really will end with this right here. Here's why obedience matters. The truth of it is, is that we cannot earn anything God has for us. That's right. Say that. Say, I cannot earn anything God has for me. I cannot earn I anything. I cannot earn anything God, God has, has for me. But I want you to see it like this. Obedience is like following a treasure map. Mm-hmm. Let's say that we were on a scavenger hunt yep. and we've had kids come to our house for scavenger yep. hunts, right? 
and they and they have these instructions that say go to this neighborhood and get this right here. So I cannot earn anything that God has for me. Nope. But God has planted treasure in the earth for me. Yep. And obedience allows me to line up and meet my treasure. Yeah, that's that alignment and agreement. That is so it's not it, it it's not it is not the sowing of the seed. Nope. It is the obedient response that allows me to meet the treasure. Yeah. It is not the fasting. Nope. It is the obedience yeah. that allows me to meet the breakthrough. Yeah. Everything you need, hear me guys, every house, every dollar, every job, every person, every bit of healing you need, it already exists. Put that in the comments. Yeah. Say it already exists. It's already it exists. already exists. So when God gives us instruction, he is leading us to where the provision already exists. Yep. Now, I love football. It's not the I'm not the best at talking about it. So you clean this up if I don't get it right. But my understanding is that when people play football, the quarterback doesn't throw to where the receiver is. He throws to where the receiver should be. Yes. It's a route. There are things that don't open up for you because you're not where you should be. You are where you are mm. and you are trying to mm. catch the ball, mm. catch the reward where you are instead of where you should be. You need to look and get to the spot, the set spot that God told you to go. For some of you, it's the releasing of seed. Mm. For some of you, it's praying. For some of you, it's confessing. But the truth of it is, is that the quarterback has already thrown the ball. Yep. And if you will show up where you're supposed to be, you will get a touchdown. Amen. You will get what Amen. you need for the victory. Amen. But you've got to make the decision that the obedience isn't creating anything. Say it like this. Say this. Obedience is a covenant connector. Obedience is a Obedient. covenant connector. Obedience is the covenant connector. I think we've been saying that for weeks. Yeah. Obedience oh. is the covenant it's connector. It's covenant connector. So listen. We're going to come back. We'll yep. finish teaching this. We love how the Holy Spirit did it this morning. He knows exactly what we need to hear. But this is what I want people to do before they go. Tell us something in the comments that God has spoken to you about and you're believing for. And while you're doing that, let me make this one announcement. Oh, yes. Let me make this one announcement. You guys know um, that we are headed into the month of July. And you guys know that the month of July is our opportunity to really dig in and to uh, make a big push for the two scholarships that Fellowship of Champions offers to high school seniors. We have the Fellowship of Champions Academic and Leadership Scholarship, which is a $10,000 scholarship that we give out. And we also have what's called the James A. Young Memorial Scholarship, which has a total value of $4,000 that we give out. Last year, uh, during the month of July, we raised $50,000. Praise God, $50,000. Our goal this July is to do the same thing. Why is that important? Because number one, it is something that God literally asked us to do when we had no earthly idea how we would get it done. When God first asked us back in 2016, I think it was, uh, no, it wasn't 2016, it was 2018. When did we get our first scholarship out? Do you remember? I don't remember years like that. 
when God asked us to give out our first, I think it was 2018, when God asked us to give out, it may have been 16, because he went to school for four years. Yeah, I think they said the Marlowe's are saying it's 2016. Yeah, 2016, 2016, because in 2016, we, in 2016, we did not have, fun. it is flying by. In 2016, we did not have a church building. We were meeting in a hotel every week, setting up, breaking down. And the Lord literally said to me, he said, I want you to give. We had one senior in the ministry at that time who was graduating. He said, I want you to give her a $10,000 scholarship. I was, and, and honestly, I had to go, I, I went to talk to Pastor Sean because I was like hoping she was going to tell me I was wrong, that I wasn't hearing <laughs> the Lord right. And she was like, no, I believe that's God. And I was like, how in the world are we going to give $10,000 when we don't even have $10,000 to put down on a building yet? We're, we, we had money, but it was allocated for other things. We didn't have $10,000 to give someone to go to school. And I remember the Lord saying, Go as far as your faith will go. Go as far as your faith will take you. He said, go as far as your faith will go, as far as your faith will take you. And it's, at that time, as far as our faith would take us, was we were able to go get <laughs> one of those big fundraising checks uh, printed up. And we got a big fundraising check printed up, and we presented to her a check for $10,000. And we told her that over the course of her four years, we would give her $10,000 to go to school. All she had to do was to maintain a 3.0, and we would give her $1,250 every single semester that she was in school for eight semesters. And I'm telling you, when we did that, it broke something open for her, not just the scholarship fund, but for the ministry. In the same way that when God spoke and said, hey, I need you to increase your benevolence giving, I was like, Lord, how are we going to increase our benevolence giving? He said the same way you did the scholarship. And so when people started calling ministry, when things started going bad with the pandemic and asking for help, and, and it was thousands of dollars, every time I was like, Lord, we just stewards. Do you want us to do this? This, this, is, this is your money. He would do, he would do it. Bless him. Pay it. And I'm telling you, he, he, it was coming back to us faster than we were giving it out. And the same thing has been true with the scholarship. We are literally talking about funding scholarships now that we're going to have to fund in 2024, 2025, and 2026 because we've raised so much money that the scholarships we're giving out in this school year, the one people who just graduated, we have that money to pay that already. And so when you're participating in this scholarship drive, listen to me, guys. I know I get really passionate about it. I can talk about it forever. We're talking about setting kids up for the future, okay? So our scholarship drive is going to start July 1st. If you remember, last year, we had an organization who partnered with us, and they said, hey, what we'll do is we'll do a matching grant. We got several different matching grants we do with organizations. We've seen your work. We've heard about what you've done. I submitted the application, all of our financials. They looked at it, said it was good, and they met us dollar for dollar, which was cool because we was like, well, Last year we was just trying to raise ten thousand dollars and get them to match. And we was it. like, if they match it, that's two scholarships. In seventeen hours last year, we raised ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars. And 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 and, and the, the chairwoman of the board said, because it was on the GoFundMe, she was watching the numbers just go up and up and up. She said she had never had anybody to raise $10,000 in less than 24 hours they had to match. She don't know about us. <laughs> so this year, they switched it up a little bit, and, and, and they said, you know, some of it was because of the pandemic and some other things. 
They're still going to match, but instead of doing a dollar for dollar match, they're going to do a two for one. So for every two dollars that we raise, they're going to match one dollar up to ten thousand. They won't give us more than ten thousand. But what that means is this year we need to raise twenty thousand dollars in order to get the full team. But like you said just a moment ago, they don't know. About they don't know about us. <laughs> so I, I believe I have a word from the Lord, okay. and if you want to say that it's not, I'm open. I'm I'm cool for public rebuke. I'll take that. All right. Right. Let's okay. get it. But this is what I believe the Lord said. We have some covenant partners here. And there are those of you who you have the ability to sow a thousand dollars into the scholarship fund. And if you do, I'm asking you not to do it till July, July 1st. 1st. Not to July 1st. <laughs> right? July 1st. So Don't some of you have that. the ability to sow a thousand dollars. I heard three numbers. Some of you have ability to sow a thousand dollars. Some of you have the ability to sow $2,500, but there are some people you have the ability to sow $5,000 into the scholarship fund. And this is what he said. When you hear the number, no matter where you are, which number resonates with you, even if you don't have the money in your account right now, ask them how to do it by faith. Mm. When we like one of the, the biggest thing that happened for us and throughout our life is learning how to live by faith. So if it's easy for you to sow the thousand dollars, stretch yourself and say, Lord, show me how to show so how to sow the twenty five hundred dollars. And I believe that what's going to happen is that those of you are covenant partners because we know other people are going to help. But we have some covenant partners and Pastor Ellen and I, we really do believe that covenant partners ought to go first. Us, we always go first. That's just like, we're going to give money to the scholarship fund because we're not asking right. you to do what we would do. But I want to tell you this and why I believe this is good ground and why you ought to sow into this. And many of you may have missed this. Many people do not realize this, but we have a requirement that in order to keep your scholarship, you have to have a three point. Yes. We had many of our first year college students who went and they struggled with online school. Some of them went, got sent home. Some of them struggled. Pastor Edwin suspended. They, they, they had sent home in the sense that the school sent home. They, did, they, they, didn't, wrong. they didn't do anything wrong. No, but they didn't necessarily get the three point. So that should have meant that they did not qualify for the scholarship in the spring semester. I want you to know that Pastor Edwin, in his generosity, along with our board, agreed. Along with the board. You can be honest. Along I, with I, the I'm, board. I'm, I'm really a stickler for the rules. I was like, hey, you didn't get a three-point. You didn't get it. it I mean, But you apply it. But I was pliable because you apply Because I, I believe you ought to listen to, to those who have wisdom around you. And, and you and, and, and Ralph and Chris and other people who sit on that committee was like, hey, this was unprecedented. You know, these kids had never had online school and now they went to school, they got sent home, they're trying to learn how to use Blackboard and, and all these other kind of things. And, and it wasn't like they just balled out. I mean, they had like a 285 or a 29 and they just barely missed having a three point. And some of them had 15 and 18 hours, you know. And so, um, so yes, I was pliable. But I don't want to put that out there like I was just so generous. But the, but the truth I mean, of it is, is that if you had said no, we couldn't have done it. Sure, sure. So, so. You, we, in every one of those kids that did not meet that three-point qualification yeah. got the money anyway in June, in January. Yeah. And what's beautiful for many of those kids is that they adjusted and they did come back with That's three right. points this semester. Right. And so we want you to understand that this is good ground. We have also and we were able to do it because the generous partners had already given the money to do because it. Because so we weren't trying to trying to find a loophole not to give it to them. You know what I mean? 
And so if you are a partner and you're like, you know what? I feel called to sow $1,000. I feel called to sow $2,500. I feel called to sow $5,000. We want you to do it. You can let us know. We can agree with you. But more importantly, don't give it to July 1st. Yeah. Don't give it to July 1st. And, if you when it goes give, and I have to say, if you can't give 1000 you can't give 2500 You can't give 5000 Ask the Lord how. But if the Lord gives you a different number and it happens to be smaller, don't feel bad about that. I don't want anybody minimizing their seed. You know what I'm saying? I believe that you heard from the Lord about that. I believe, you know, I, I think I think this year we're going to have more business partners than we've ever had. We've got three business partners right now who so monthly uh, $500 or more into that particular scholarship fund. We have four or five individual partners I know who've talked to me, who I've walked them through setting up recurring giving, and they give specifically to, to both of those scholarship funds throughout the year. But anybody who's putting, who you have on your heart, if you're listening to this broadcast and you say, I want to get to a scholarship fund, Praise God, but I am asking you to just wait a few more days. Wait to July 1. Uh, there's going to be some information going out. You'll have several different ways to give it. But if you give it today, it's wonderful. But if you gave $2 today, it's $3 for us. It's, if you gave $2 today, it's $2. But if you give $2 on January 1st, that's July, 1st. Oh, July 1st, that's $3 for us. And so we want to maximize that. So we're asking you to hold off and wait uh, to give anything to the scholarship fund to July 1st, which is and, just a few days away. And the other thing we want you to do is that everybody who connected with people last year and got them to give when the when the, when the link goes live on July 1st, do all the stuff that you did before, right? Please share it. Do like we did when we did our double good fundraiser. <laughs> share it to everybody you can. And hey, here's the thing I told people last year. Even if you can't give or don't want to give, Please share it because you don't know who's going to see it. We had people who gave last year who I didn't even know who they were because people was just sharing. It. So uh, it's all to be a blessing to our kids. I want to prophesy this too. Okay. People who give this year, who give with a heart and respond to this, next year you'll give $10,000. I received that. Next year you'll give. Somebody just grab that by faith. You give what that, God yeah, tells you to give. Me, that means I'm going to have it to give. That you give what God tells And hear what I'm saying Praise to you. Praise God. Next year. If you will obey God right here where you are next year in July, you will give the ten thousand dollars at once. I receive. You that. will give it at once. You if you write. believe that, go ahead and say I receive that. Just say I receive that. Now here's what receive is easy. You gotta believe. But I, I want you that. to understand this: the determining factor will be your obedience this year. Yeah. How faithful you are. You may be thinking, man, Pashon, the Lord told me a hundred dollars. That's all I have. You don't think God can take you from a hundred to ten thousand a year? He, can. he absolutely can. But you need to give what He is telling you to give this year and to share this broadcast. And I'm telling you, I, I believe next year there will be ten of us that will give ten thousand dollars. Amen. Amen. Ten of us that'll give ten thousand, and I'm one of them, I'm not saying, including I'm you. So that's, I'm two. Saying, that's two. That's two. That's two. I'm one of them, not including you. And Ralph said it's three. And Chris said the valley said it's four. So we so only need six. six we only need six more and people. We already there. But next year, in 2022, <laughs> in 2022, yes. our partners before anyone ever comes to partner with us, we have partners. We will give ten thousand dollars to the scholarship. Amen. I believe I received that. I received that. We need to. Get, we need to get a banner. May and put that up uh, somewhere uh, in the ministry. Put that up on, on Streamyard every time we go up. Uh, but but I, I, I believe that's a that is a faith project. We're gonna get to see come to pass. It's come to pass. And this year, what do you need to do? You need to give what He tells you to give, even if it requires you to stretch. Yeah. 
And so, and I, I want to say this one last thing because we do have these partners who give monthly, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say if you say, I want to give $2,500, but I don't have $2,500. All I have is a thousand. You can give the thousand dollars and then break the other fifteen hundred over the next eleven months. You learn how to give it, how to do it. However, you can do it at whatever level you're we at. We have a we have a, a friend of the ministry who pledged fifty thousand dollars, but they're not giving it all at one time. But they're giving it over spending time. They said, "Here's how I'm going to give fifty thousand dollars to the scholarship fund," and they just laid it out how they were going to do it. Uh, and, and as a result of that, they follow through on their thing and, that, and, it, and it comes, you know, because the kids don't need to hold 10000 today because we only give them 2500 a semester. Uh, you know, but we've got uh, a group of kids who are going to graduate. I think it's nine of them. <laughs> it's nine of them who, who are coming through. We're going to have nine seniors graduating. Uh, and that's going to be our biggest um, one-time group of what kids. What year is that? I think it's 2024. What's came in? 25? No, 24. We don't know. It's a couple of years stuff. because when I started looking at all the kids graduating, that was the one I put my eye on. I was like, whoa, it's nine of them. But it's nine of them coming through, I think. So we love you guys. We thank you for your support. Obey God. I'm telling you because obedience is the covenant connector. And don't forget your tithing offerings for the day. There's ways to give. Remember, you cannot earn the promises of God, but your obedience connects you to receive the provision he already has for you. Amen. Now, we know that something supernatural happens when we give yep. ways to give, give the five, push, pay, tirely, text to give, my favorite, 833-969-0897 or PayPal at FOC Church NWA at Gmail. And this is what's so beautiful. We have so many um, overseas partners we now do. that we had to create a PayPal because yeah. they couldn't use any of those other like, ways hey, to I give. give. They were like, I <laughs> want to give. It is a beautiful thing to have people messaging you saying, hey, I believe in what you're doing. We want to give. We want to give. And so we are believing. You want to tell you that? No. No. We're believing. We're going to make our offering confession because, listen, something supernatural. There is there is honor on this ministry. There is integrity on this ministry. There is faith in this ministry. And what Pastor Edwin and I are doing, especially when we're walking, we are believing God when we're walking that every the same grace that's on our life is on your life. That means whatever favor you need, whatever wisdom you need, whatever provision you need, whatever people you need to come along and help you. And we are we are declaring that as you radically obey God, you will see radical results. Man, we want to see you and your kids, your family, everybody connected to you. We want to see y'all prospering. We ain't hating on nobody. We want everybody to win. And to be clear, when we say prosper, we want to see you saved, sanctified, and filled yep. with the Holy Ghost. We want to see you loving God. We want to see you in happy relationships, fullness in your body, every single thing, Everything. total life prosperity, yes. right? So let's make our confession and right. let's get out here. Right. Um, dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father, as disciples of the living God, as disciples of the living God, we honor you today. We honor you today by giving our tithes, by giving our tithes, offering and gifts, offering and gifts to be used to be used in fulfilling of the Great Commission. In fulfilling of the Great Commission in return for our children. Cheerful obedience. In return of our cheerful obedience. We are believing you for. We are believing you for. Jobs and better jobs. Jobs and better jobs. Raises and bonuses. Raises and bonuses. Benefits, sales, and commissions. Benefits, sales, and commissions. Favorable settlements. Favorable settlements. Estates and inheritance. Estates and inheritance. Interest and income. Interest and income. Rebates and returns. Rebates and returns. Big checks in the mail. Big checks in the mail. Gifts and surprises. Gifts and surprises. Finding money. Finding money. Debts paid off. Debts paid off.
you know. Expenses decrease. Expenses decrease. Blessings and increase. Blessings and increase. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That as we join. That as I join my, my body and sister, you know, well, I did it again just to see if you could just follow instructions. <laughs> that as I join, you do that. But you supposed to listen to me, not read the screen, babe. Okay, all right. That is, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That as I join my value system to yours, as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor. You will shower favor. Blessings and increase. Blessings and increase upon me. Upon me, so that I have more than enough. So that I have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God. Give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell y'all this. <laughs> Next week, when I read this, I'm gonna change something again. Because the problem with the saints is they think they're supposed to get ahead of the leader. It doesn't matter what's written on the page. I just go by you, the written word. You're supposed to follow me. I go by the written You're word. supposed to follow the leader. <laughs> so next week, I'm going to change something. Well, next again. week, I'm going to read it. Have you repeat after me. Let me do it so I can read it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Listen, the fundraiser starts July 1st. That is Wednesday, right? No, that's Thursday. It's Thursday. It's Thursday, but you're going to see information come out on Wednesday with all the links and everything that you can give because we got multiple ways to give. Um, we want you to not have any restriction. If you we we got we got it all the ways you normally give and, and a couple other ways you can give. Uh, well, that'll come out on Wednesday. We're shared in both groups and on the page. I got it right this time in both groups and on the page. So if you like the Fellowship of Champions page, if you are part of the Fellowship of Champions Northwest Arkansas group, or if you are a part of the Fellowship of Champions virtual group, uh, you will get that information. It will be there. Also, it'll be shared on all of our, at least on our Facebook pages. Hopefully you will copy it and paste it and share it uh, on your page as well. Um, and, and just have a way to just ask people to give. You know, if, if people give to you, uh, because they believe in you. So we just need you uh, to also believe in the scholarship fund uh, like I do, because I believe it's And awesome. then last thing, if you intend to come to church on Sunday, yep. if you intend to come to church on Sunday or any other Sunday, you need to go to the Eventbrite form, which is on our on the page oh, and in the group, and you need to schedule and reserve your seat. Somebody registered this morning. I saw it uh, give me a notification. It closes Friday. Right now, I think there's 42 people. Uh, we maxed it at 50, so there are eight slots left, and you do need to register every person in your family. So if it's you and your three kids, you need to register for four tickets. Uh, so just make sure that you are registering for each person in your family. And we're really excited to see you guys next Sunday, and we're excited to see how it's going to work. We're to do our virtual service, to do praise and worship, and then be with our partners live. Listen, we're doing everything we can to stay connected, to help you live your best life. We want you to go and have an amazing week on purpose. We want you to obey God, do whatever he's telling you to do. And we're just praying for you that the eyes of your understanding will be flooded with night, light, that you would know the glorious hope to which God has called you to, and that you would just experience his supernatural provision and blessings in your life this week. And just a reminder, when you do, those of you who are coming to in-person service, we will be checking temperatures when you come in. Uh, for the most part, we'll be practicing social distance. Uh, you will have the option to choose whether you want to wear a green band around your wrist, a red band around your wrist, or a yellow band. The green band indicates to everybody that you say that you are fully vaccinated, meaning you either had the one shot Johnson & Johnson or the other uh, Modera or 
uh, Pfizer two-shot uh, vaccine uh, and that you're okay with, with, with touch and, and closing distance more than uh, six feet. Uh, if you have a yellow band on, it may mean that you are fully vaccinated or not, uh, but that you would prefer not to be in close proximity. You're okay with the fist bump or elbow bump. Uh, and red means, look, Mind your business. Uh, I love you, but we're not going to be hugging and shaking hands and those kind of things. And we're going to respect everybody's wish. We ain't going to look at nobody bad because they have on a red band or a green band or a yellow band. We want everybody to feel comfortable in their own um, personal decisions. So those of you who will be there in service, uh, we will be practicing uh, those methods to make sure everybody is comfortable and they have a good time. All right. We love you guys. And we want y'all to have a great day. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.